Hello, it is Overreaction Monday, December 28th. Massive show today. Massive show. We got the juice, Kyle Juszczyk, Ian Rappaport, Michael Lombardi, the boys and I. We go on a couple rants. We sing some songs. We overreact to everything. Set the stage for what the NFL is about to be for the next few weeks. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. Remember, if you like this show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you don't like this show, just act like it never happened, okay? Just say, hey, you know what? Charge it to the game. Lost out on an hour, hour and a half of my life. Let's just never let that happen again. Just don't tell anybody, you know? Hey, it's going to be, it's holiday season. It's going to be 2021. If you like the show, tell somebody. If not, just act like it never fucking happened. And and by the way, go fuck off. We probably don't like you either. Um, let's get to the show. <laughs> There's a lot of shit to talk about. We'll do that right now since that beat drop by Twine was an absolutely glorious one. Yesterday, week 16 of the NFL basically wrapped up. We got one game tonight, but a lot of week 16 is done. And where do we sit? Well, in the AFC, there's five teams that are currently battling for three spots. Who's going to get them? Who's not? Who's in? Who's out? There's a lot to still be figured out on the NFC side of things. Some teams stink who didn't stink before. Mm. Some teams are great that sucked worse than anybody has in the past. There's a lot to figure out and dissect in today. We hope that you will call us at 1-888-MAD-DOG-6 for your overreactions. We get overreactions from the Twitterverse. Uh, I sent out a bird call. Cuckoo! Excuse me. Hashtag Pat. I don't want to overreact. Became the number two trend in the United States. Shout out to us. Yeah! Shout out to us. Shout out to the people. Shout out to everybody that is going to rock with us today, including Ian Rappaport in about 20 minutes. Kyle Juice Juszczyk of the San Francisco 49ers, which play in Santa Clara and in Arizona, who beat Arizona yesterday or two days ago with George Kittle playing great football. We'll talk to the Juice a little bit. And also Michael Lombardi will be joining us to talk about what would he be doing with his team right now if he could rest or play in the final week of the season? Mm. For instance, the Pittsburgh Steelers get a win over the Indianapolis Colts yesterday, okay? Colts kind of collapsed. Refs just handed the Steelers a victory, basically. <laughs> the Joe Flacco offense was in full force for Ben Roethlisberger. Let's go ahead and get a passing, uh, pass interference or a, or a holding call, and let's move down the field. But this, the Colts basically collapsed yesterday. Okay, It was a sad scene. Now the Steelers lock up the AFC North. Congrats to them winning the AFC North. Next week, they play the Browns. That game was supposed to be for the AFC North if they had lost to the Colts yesterday. But instead, they already clinched. They already have a playoff spot. Would you rest your team week 17 if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers had an early bye week that you didn't even know was a bye week in week four would you give the boys a rest before trying to go on a run to number seven or would you say hey we just learned how to play football again in the second half do not need to slow that down I don't care how much rest these boys need they just figured out how to play fucking football again the offense was throwing deep balls shout out to Ben Roethlisberger looked like he got an immense amount of weight off of his shoulders whenever he completed that deep ball to Johnson What's that? Well, you know, you got to assume that at halftime, maybe they had, you know, Ben work out some kinks in his system. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Everybody's saying that Ben beat his baloney at <laughs> halftime, and that's why they came out in the second half mm-hmm. and were a completely different team. I'm not saying it. They're saying it. People on the internet are saying it. But what do you do with that particular situation? How about the Bills tonight? Let's say the Bills get a win. Then they basically locked in a number two seed. Do they want to rest their players next week against the Dolphins, who need a win to potentially get in? Woo. There's a lot to be deciphered, and we'll do that today as best as we can. A couple house cleaning notes here. Uh, Ty Schmidt is in Massachusetts for the holidays, visiting his future in-laws. Yeah. Ty, we'll miss you, Bob. Ty. Here's your tap. 
We will miss you, Ty. Have a good time up there. Hope it is fantastic. Zito woke up this morning for some cold-like symptoms, okay. so he is not coming in. Diggs, our friend, last week who missed the end of the week, this weekend, actually uh, late last week, he did test positive for COVID, mm. Okay, which led to our entire office getting tested. Connor got tested. It's negative. Gumpy got tested. It was negative. Foxy got tested. It was negative. Mansuri got tested. It was negative. Nick got tested. It was negative. I got tested. It was negative. So somehow Diggs got it. We were able to contain it with our protocols we've been utilizing in the office. Uh, Diggs had flu-like symptoms, he said, the last few days. Today, he woke up feeling much better. He will have to. Now we got to figure this out because we haven't had this in this office. Do we make him miss 21 days like we're the Big Ten? James Harden. Seven tests or whatever it is? Perhaps. Or do we do the five negative? Like, now we have to figure out our rollback in plan. And we shit on a lot of people, okay? We shit on the commissioners of the Big Ten. We've gone after people for not having protocols in place. Now we find ourselves in that exact situation. I think three negative tests out of the digs will be what will get him back into the office. Hopefully he'll be able to do that by the end of this week, and we'll get him back next week. But just know that our protocols here in this office worked. We contained it. And I feel damn proud about it. I really do feel proud about that. Yeah. That, like, whenever Diggs felt sick, he went and got tested, okay? We didn't know his results, but then there was a real moment there. It was like, he's, he said he's puking. He said he's, it's like, all right, we're going to find out if the way we've been operating in this office was good or not. We contained it. Fucking right. I feel so good about it. Unbelievable. I mean, look at the studio, too. We're this close, and we're still socially distanced. distanced. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yes. That's something to really be proud of. And this is not an overreaction. This is probably the, you know, going forward, the standard for how you should deal hey. in office situations. Hey, if you need us to come talk to your office. We can. Just fucking hand over the keys. We'll get a consulting fee for sure. Absolutely. Fucking right. Uh, obviously, we hope Dig survives. Yes. yes. Health is wealth. Of course. We hope Dig survives. Mm-hmm. First and we hope Zito feels better and he comes back tomorrow and his test comes back negative. Yes. But everybody else has tested negative. We all feel good. Diggs, T's, and P's. He will be calling us from the COVID cave, I do believe, today. Nice. At some point, we'll get some digs because Diggs went 11-0 in betting the last two days. What? Yes. Bowl games and the NFL. He hit four unders yesterday. He is hot. Need to hear from him, even if he's in a state of potential flu. And by the way, his wife didn't even test positive. Interesting. A lot of time to go hunting winners, old Tony. So he's locked up in a room in his house. Okay. His wife in the lab is somewhere else. Yeah, Diggs is just in the COVID cave over there, (laughs) just dissecting things, making things happen. We'll talk to him. Uh, Big weekend of football at Boston Connor, uh, the guy that you tackled. Mm, That's right. Okay, you said it. The guy that you tackled, who Mm -hmm. was a second round draft pick for the Green Bay Packers. Uh huh. AJ Dillon, a man who has massive legs. Big boy. Massive legs. Man who hadn't had much playing time because Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, and others in the backfield for the Green Bay Packers had been so damn dominant. But with injuries, kind of giving him an opportunity on primetime football. Mm -hmm. Last night, A.J. Dillon showed up and showed out. In the story that you told all of us, okay, you told all of us. Oh, yeah. Hey, that A.J. Dillon guy, we played against him in high school football. And I asked, was that your first junior year, your second junior year, or your third senior year Mm -hmm. there? And I forget what it was, but you said – Third senior. Yeah, third senior year. You said – I met him in a hole, yeah. okay, and I drove him all the way out of bounds. That's right. Do you remember this? Bunch of times he said it. I yeah. met him in a hole, uh-huh. lowered the shoulder. That's right. Drove him all the way out of bounds. After watching A.J. Dillon play against grown men last night and watching him run people over in those legs, and I didn't know much about the guy coming out of Boston College, didn't watch much Boston College, but after watching him, I was like even more impressed while I was watching the game. I was like, damn. We have a guy in our office yeah. that met this dude in the hole and drove him all the way to the sideline. Foxy, do we have the video? Right here. Play it. 
Wow. Glory days. That guy breaks one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, and then you come clean up. That's your tackle. How you doing? How you doing? That is, that is meeting him in the hole yeah. and driving him out of bounds. Well, I mean, that was that was one play. Look, I can go back through the entire film if you want me to to find the specific in the hole driving him out of bounds. That was just, you know, first quarter, send a message. Look, AJ, it's going to be tough today. You're not just going to run all over everybody. You know, you might get a first down on every carry. But it's going to be a tough 10 yards to get there. Oh, yeah. And we it's, sent a message. It was a long day for old AJ you think You think you sent a message oh, to yeah. him there? We let him know. You can't see it in that uh, film exactly, but on the sideline, there's some rocks. I actually sent him into the rocks, let him know, hey, look, yeah, it's going to be just, a grind. He literally just broke seven tackles in one play. Hey, look, I can't speak for that. And if you look at the scheme, I mean, our DN went outside <laughs> when he should have gone inside. We had a blitz, you know, Yeah, but you up. said you sent a message. If anything, he sent the message to your he, team. He sent one, but, at the, you know, he got up off the ground. He had to pick him himself up off the ground he wasn't just jogging out of bounds i let him know who was that was that that might have been the hardest i'll ever be hit in my whole life i'm pretty sure you had to sit up the next play if i remember correctly i mean look you got us right. okay. i'm pretty sure you football, all right okay you all gotta right. let him know okay all right, he was like on. 14 at the time wasn't no, he? Yeah, he's no, probably an eighth grader no, and this guy was a second year senior no, buying he, fucking smoke uh-uh, he was 15 <laughs> I, was. I was only 18 years old boys i wasn't i wasn't 20 all right all right so let's move on though aj Dillon was massive for the Packers last night. He hundred some yards. He looked. Aaron Rodgers looked so damn good at football. And I put a tweet out last night uh, in between my Oculus sessions, which we will talk about. <laughs> I'm a fucking problem on there. Hey, video game nerds, just a little heads up. I'm coming into your world with Look something out. I can actually play, and I am enjoying <laughs> the hell out of it. I can't control my life with thumbs. Okay, so that's why I didn't get into any of the games that you guys all play. You know, oh, yeah. I can't do it. My thumbs just aren't good enough. But I'll tell you what, if I'm allowed to use a little athleticism in there, oh, I can play real ping pong, put against a guy in Germany, Whoa. Italy, Japan, beat a little kid who was a fan of the show. He asked me, is this Pat McAfee? I said, yep. He asked if I could take it easy on him. It was 6 nothing. I said, it's fucking your fault, kid. 5 more, 11 nothing. <laughs> the How you doing? Keep it moving. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's real. It feels like you're actually playing ping pong. You can put spin on it. I spar against a guy uh, that I created, basically has a beard, wears a Santa Claus hat. Nice. He's damn near a fucking expert. He never misses, but he's making me better. The Oculus boxing thing. I'm seven, seven and zero with seven knockouts. Huh? How you doing? Bang! Is that it's good? Com- Is it good? I don't know. You tell me. I might be the greatest Oculus boxer in the history of Oculus boxing. Neither here nor there. Mm-mm. I came out of the Oculus session, which, by the way, as soon as you put it on, it's like you're going to a different world. God. People are fighting for these PS5s. Fucking forget them, dude. Get the Oculus. <laughs> this is not a paid advertisement, okay? Zuck doesn't need to make any money, by the way, at this point. But the Oculus is the coolest thing. It's Ready Player One. As soon as they make the goddamn treadmill thing, I will buy that at the house. Mm-hmm. I, I, this morning, I woke up, fucking played the Beat Saber game. Boom, boom, boom. Woke up a little bit. Sparred with my partner for 25, 30 minutes go. in ping pong. Because the issue with the Oculus ping pong is... Uh, I don't, I don't play with a backhand in real life. I actually throw the paddle to my left hand. I have two forehands. Ooh. And a lot of people think that I'm joking there. No, no. I have two very dominant forehands. Like, it has just been my style of playing. My backhand isn't as great. Okay? Like, so I've been working on that with my sparring partner. Nice. Week or two, I'm going to take challenges from all over the world. Okay? And I'm going to stream it live on YouTube. Let's go. I'm going to start doing this thing. But I need a week or two to figure out the backhand because I can't toss the Oculus controller to my left hand. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a... Got to work on it. Which, by the way, Foxy, you've played against me. I really do play like that. You really do it, and you don't notice it that much because you're very smooth with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, as soon as... I mean, it is... Paddle is in free flight in real life <laughs> whenever I'm playing. Like, it is... It has never got me either, by the way. I was going to say, you're always trying to find someone's weakness, and the backhand most of the time is. You no. don't have one. Hey, 
Can't have a can't have a weak backhand. He got two fucking forehands. How about that? <laughs> and I play tennis like that too, by the way. It'll come really. Well, it's yeah. like the flat stick in hockey. Don't need a backhand. Bingo. That's, Bingo. that's what I. I'm lefty and righty in hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's just how I play. So the Oculus ping pong's a little bit different. And a guy from Germany beat the fuck out of me. And he took advantage of that whole thing. I mean, oh. he was just he was just feeding this goddamn backhand the entire. I was like, all right, but I just woke up. You know what I mean? So I've lost one game and all that thing. Anyways. But then I fucking boxed two guys this Ooh. morning. I mean, I can't even sh- I can't even wipe my ass because my shoulders hurt so bad from throwing fucking Tyson haymakers. Fury. Oh my god, it's awesome! I come out of the Oculus. Uh-huh. Blizzard, twenty degrees. Aaron Rodgers wearing his fucking long johns. Mm-hmm. His uh, his his uh, thermal undies that he wears. Yep. Yep. He's not even affected by the it, it, the offense doesn't change at all with the way that weather was. You would think it would affect somebody that throws the ball so much. Or maybe it would affect Devontae Adams. They weren't affected. They almost got better in that whole thing. Now that they're basically the NFC favorite, problematic if everybody has to go through fucking Lambeau. That is going to be a hard out for everybody. Aaron's going to win the MVP probably this week at some point. They're going to be home for all the playoffs. Shout out to our guy, Aaron. Come on. Good luck, G- NFC. Good luck. Screw Good it. luck. To your point, too, they got three running backs now in that stable. I mean, how hard is that to game plan for when you don't even know who's going to be lining up back there? And obviously, you got the MVP playing quarterback, slinging the pill. The the him, by the way, everybody just admitted it. You know, yesterday. Oh yeah. Collinsworth, by the way, basically came out. Now Michaels basically came out and said it. And mm-hmm. Collinsworth does have a vote because remember he had to answer for Russell Wilson never getting a vote early in the season. Yep. He did came out and said, like, after what happened with the Chiefs and the Falcons, not that the Chiefs lost, but but they were fucking close to losing yep. the Falcons yesterday. Again. And Patrick Mahomes, whenever he needs a play, he's going to make a play. And a lot of people say, well, he almost threw a pick to play before. Almost doesn't fucking count, okay? Almost could have threw a touchdown to pick or the play before, too, yep. if you really want to break it down. And he'll make a play when they have to make a play, which is what we've always said about the Chiefs. It feels like whenever they need it, they need it. You can go back to Wasp at the Super Bowl. You can go back whenever they were down 21 in the playoffs. You can go back when that team just has the ability to flip the switch whenever they want. And it seems like it goes through Travis Kelsey, by the way, who Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes might be the only connection in the NFL that can compete with Aaron and Devontae at this yeah. point. Travis Kelsey's his go-to guy whenever he needs something. And whenever he needs a play, he makes a play. And everybody knows that Patrick Mahomes is going to be a superstar for a long time. But the MVP of the season, it has been for a long time on this show. And are we biased because he comes on every week? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Aaron is the fucking MVP of this whole thing. And I'm pumped to talk to him about it tomorrow. 44 touchdowns, 4,059 uh, yards. 119.4 passer rating. Here we are, 15 games into the season. Next year, by the way, going to be 17 game season. So this will all change. I assume all the stats and statistics and records will have to change. 70% completion percentage, 32 touchdowns, zero interceptions in the gold zone. Jeez. Five interceptions total, 12 and three record. He's unbelievable right now. We'll talk to him tomorrow. Uh, that was a great game to watch last night. I mean, uh, Malcolm Butler making fun of the belt and then getting dunked on. Yeah, come on, dude. I mean, it was beautiful. Uh, it was just a cool night. Tonight, the Bills play the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Who cares? Oh, yeah. Who cares? I mean, most likely the uh, Patriots probably lose by 40. No, no, I'll tell no, you no, who no. does care. Let's go, Pats, At baby. Gampino, hey! Bubba Gampino, big Dolphins fan. And we will talk about the Dolphins <laughs> having two quarterbacks. They say if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. But the way B-Flow is operating is like, no, no, no. We got an ace. And then we got a closer. Mm-hmm. And watching that dolphin situation yesterday, okay, with the Raiders, obviously the Raiders are the Raiders, and Gruden's record is what it is in Jeez. December. I mean, it is. Those are tough stats to fall back on if you're John Gruden. I mean, $100 million he's making, but that Raiders team has figured it out. But 
there's a couple situations late in that game where I was pumped to see if Tua like had it. You know, like those are some moments. Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys. Yep. At the end of the game, if he gets balls, you know what's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers gets the ball late in the game, you know what's going to happen. Tom Brady used to be like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he is anymore, but it does feel as if there's a little bit of question when he walks on the field. But I wanted to see if two is that guy. Like for instance, I think Herbert is one of those guys. For sure, need a drive, he's going to make a drive for you. I would assume Joe Burrow, if they ever figure out how to get that team good, even though they won again, if they ever figure out, he'll be one of those. We'll never. Will we ever find out if two is that guy because they got a fucking magic man on the sideline mm-hmm. who was built for that? Do you care if you're a Dolphins fan and all that you haven't got a chance to see if two is that guy at the end of the game or not? Or you just, as long as we get a dub, we get a dub. I'm obviously not comparing the two because it's early in Flores' coaching career, but I know how Patriots fans feel about Belichick. Oh, yeah. Whatever B Flow says or does, fucking good with me. Oh, really? Yeah. By the way, one of the nicest throws. Oh. I mean, the face mask ripping off his head, basically, like it was a, uh, it was like one of those tops of a of a drink that you like have to twist off. You know, that's what his face looked like. Thirty five yard bomb down a sideline. Fifteen more on more. Jason comes out, kicks the field goal. That last five minutes took about Electric. ten years off my life. I was losing my mind. We were dead. That pass interference, like. By the way, rough day for analytics this weekend. Uh, both Coastal Carolina game and also that game where they decided to take a knee on second and goal whenever they could have scored a touchdown to put themselves up six, I believe, or maybe seven if they go up for two. And instead, they take a knee to kick a field goal and they go up one. Fuck you, Fitzmagic comes in, bang, bang, game over. Tough day for analytics and stats and things like that. Uh, but, boy, what a weekend. I mean, it was awesome. That Coastal Carolina game. Oh, jeez. Coastal Carolina had a hell of a run, man. Hey. Good season. Hell run to Sean. Good season, Sean. Good season. I haven't really kept up with much of the bowl games, you know. There's a lot of them. Uh, Louisiana won one. I saw that. The only reason why is because if I follow somebody, it shows up on the timeline. Oh, yeah. That's how I found out about Sean's or whatever. And I went back and watched the end of that game where they punched the ball out to one or whatever. Wild. Wild. Both those quarterbacks, Liberty and Coastal, they, they might be a little crafty pros like Gardner Minshew, if you will. Oh, Gardner Minshew, by the way. Jags, that worked out. The, the, <laughs> shout out to the Bears. Yeah. Hey, hey come on, Chicago. Zito, T's and P's. Hope you feel better, obviously. Getting tested literally as we speak right now. Chicago Bears playing football. Nagy saves his job. How you doing? Keep it moving. Got another year of Maserati Mitch, probably. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky. Is he going to get the match? going forward i mean he's playing at the top of his game now i mean it's something to think about why not it is something to think about all right uh we got to get to a break we got ian rapaport joining us on the other side we'll talk more about you know stories around hmm. did jerry goff break his thumb oh oh no what's going on with dewey haskins by the way oh dewey haskins <laughs> hey t's and p's to dewey t's and p's to dewey haskins and P's. stripper revenge game didn't work out <laughs> he looked bad out there three turnovers i think not good no terry though this isn't that song hmm. he didn't have any mclaurin no but it seems like his career is probably short might be and that's a shame, I think, you know? Because if you go back to draft night, a lot of people are rubbing in how he shook his head about Daniel Jones going to the Giants, and then he got benched yesterday for uh, Mr. Heineke. You know? Oh, yeah. And, Heineke uh, Yeah, Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. But Dwayne Haskins feels like that's it's probably done. And with the way everything's going, body language-wise and off-field stories, that's, that's going to be a tough sign for somebody. But hopefully somebody will give him another shot and he'll be able to grow up and mature in that whole thing. But... Boy, that's a tough situation over there. Alex Smith, if they win, they're in on Sunday night football against the Eagles. He's supposed to start, and if not him, then Heineke. Dewey Haskins is third-string quarterback again. 
And to join us is a man who's had a lot of success. Uh, this past Saturday, he had two tuds uh, receiving touchdowns. Whoa. Yeah, for the Niners against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I don't know where he's calling us from right now. If he's in Arizona, if he's in Santa Clara, mm. they got the Seahawks at home this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, Pro Bowler, the Juice, Kyle Yushchak. Yeah! What's going on, dude? Pat, what's going on, man? I'm I'm coming from uh, my Airbnb in Arizona. <laughs> Okay, so you're still in Arizona right now. How is your family with you? Was it just players? How was this all thing worked out? I'm happy we can just jump right into this because this seems like a very huge obstacle that your team has had to go through here. Yeah, definitely a weird and unique one that we've had to deal with. Um, but I'm lucky enough, uh, my wife and my dog came out here and we got an Airbnb close to our hotel. Um, so have a little bit of normalcy, you know, have a, at least have a house to come back to uh after practice and whatnot but a lot of guys i mean a, a good majority are still just in the hotel okay. and i feel for them okay so you guys got that like heads up it was like a thursday almost i feel like maybe a friday or, or no something. it was literally the saturday we were flying to la um we got on the plane and we got we saw on twitter that santa clara wasn't gonna let us um practice or play in our facility and so right after we got done playing the rams uh, we had to go home, pack up our stuff, and I think we were out by by Tuesday. It's pretty wild. And so did you guys just have a locker room at uh, – it used to be University of Phoenix. What is it now? Allegiant maybe? I don't know what the stadium is over there in Arizona. But did you guys have your own locker room? You were able to train at the facility. Where? How did that whole thing play out? Because I was so intrigued by the fact of the quick turnaround – like how quickly Arizona was like, come on in. And then how there was going to be enough space to keep you guys and the Cardinals separate. Did you guys see each other? How did it work? Yeah, no. So we're staying um, at the Renaissance Hotel right next to uh, their stadium. And our locker room, our weight room, our training room, our uh, meeting rooms, all that is in the hotel. Um, so, I mean, we don't really have to worry about the meeting rooms because we do everything virtually. Uh, so you just, you know, you meet from either, you know, either at your Airbnb or at your room in the hotel. Uh, but we just do everything right at the hotel. And then we take golf carts, like a literally like a three-minute ride uh, down the street, and we have a practice field that we've been doing all our practices on. You guys just golf carting around like every old white that retires and goes out to Phoenix. <laughs> oh, yeah. As soon as practice ends, it's a mad dash to who can drive the golf carts or uh, the ATVs <laughs> that we have to, uh, back to the hotel. Has it been better or worse than you thought it was going to be when you immediately were told that for three weeks you're going to have to go live somewhere else? You know, generally it's it's been better. Um, I, it's not ideal for sure, uh, but it really hasn't been you know too bad. Uh, I do feel for the guys, like I said, that are stuck in the hotel with no family, who had to celebrate Christmas all by themselves. Uh, that's a tough pill to swallow, and that definitely hurts. Uh, but as far as like the day to day and like the football operations, they've been pretty good. It, it hasn't um, you know really fallen off too much from what we were doing in San Jose. Hey, you know what? You guys get to play in the NFL, okay? If you celebrate Christmas alone in a little square, you get you are lucky to do that. Remember, <laughs> you are not a human. You are an NFL player. Uh, let's talk about this game on Saturday. C.J. Beathard, we obviously saw him go out and throw the deep ball last week that brought you guys within seven or whatever, and then he gets to, to play this week. And the emotional, obviously, post-game a little bit with his brother and everything like that. Just how was the team? George Kittle comes back. What was the mindset going? Going in there because a lot of people are like, why is George Kittle playing? And Quick Kittle was basically like, what are we even talking about here? It feels like you guys still have a great culture, even though this year isn't everything that you obviously hoped it would be. 
Yeah, that's definitely something um, that we've had this whole time that we've, uh, you know, kind of started this group in San Francisco four years ago is we've just had such a great locker room, such a great culture. Everybody genuinely cares for one another and we go out there and fight for each other. And like you said, there is absolutely no way that you're going to keep Kittle off the field. If he's healthy, he's going to go out there and play and do everything he can. Uh, but definitely so happy for C.J. Beathard. Um, I think the guy has deserved so much more than what he's gotten in his time here. Uh, I think he's extremely talented. He's a great leader. Uh, people just gravitate to him. He has a great energy to him. And he played uh, a really good, a really solid game this past Saturday. Uh, he was able to you know, go in there finally with his first week of preparation as a starter uh, and just run an, a, an efficient offense. Um, you know, I think he's, he threw three tuds. Um, we went out there, we dominated on the run game. So it's not like we had to, uh, you know, lean on the passing game too much. Uh, but there's a lot to be said of running a Kyle Shanahan offense. It is not, uh, as easy as one. Well, I don't know if anyone thinks it's easy, but it's not as easy as one might think, uh, with just the amount of, um, decisions the quarterback has to make at the line of scrimmage, uh, the ball handling, um, and just getting in and out of the huddle. There's just there's so much on that guy's plate, and uh, I think CJ just handled it great. Yeah, everybody talks about, obviously, the young coaches. Uh, when McVay got hired at the Rams and had success, everybody was looking for the next McVay. Like, okay, if you hung around McVay, you get a chance to get a head coaching job in the NFL because he had success. So if you sat at the same table as him, that means you're going to have success. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of the hiring process that happened. And nobody ever talks about the other young coach that's in California. Well, currently in Arizona, I guess, because you guys got kicked out of California. But uh, Shanahan just feels like he's like this young little whiz. Like it feels like he's a wizard with in the way the game, the run game is set up. And I don't know if that goes back to his dad and TD and the Mile High Salute days and everything like that, and how much it's evolved since then. But the fullback, your position is a vital position in that entire offense. Do you and Shanahan obviously have a great relationship? And what is it like to play for Kyle Shanahan? And why does he never get talked about in those conferences? Now, granted, this year you guys are out of the playoff picture, so it's not going to happen. But I feel like Shanahan never really got that young pop of a coach that maybe McVay got. LeFleur is not getting as much as he should, but Shanahan never got it, I don't think. Yeah, I do have a phenomenal relationship with Kyle. It's been so great to play for him the past four years. Um I can't imagine playing for a better head coach. I mean, he, he just does such a great job of relating to players, um, but also just being a very good leader and putting together, uh, you know, such a unique offense and so such a creative offense. Um, I think maybe the reason he didn't get as much hype as McVay is uh, McVay inherited a very good roster. You know, he came in and right away, uh, I think it was year two, um, yeah. they were in the Super Bowl. And so, you know, it took an extra year for Kyle. It took three years for him to get there. Uh, but I think McVay just had that very early on success. And, you know, he's in L.A. Uh, he has exciting players. He had Todd Gurley and Jared Goff and, and Cooper Cup. You know, all those guys are exciting guys to watch. So I think it was easy to gravitate to them. Whereas, you know, Kyle took a little bit longer to, to get things going. Uh, I, I still think three years and, and to turn a franchise completely around from uh, you know ground zero to Super Bowl is still very impressive, uh, and I do think he deserves a, a little bit more credit and recognition around the the league. But I, I think that's going to come with time, and uh, I think he's just going to continue to have um, you know success every year, and people are going to 
you know, get back on the Shanahan train. It's awesome to see how you guys put a plan together. You know, like, for instance, last year in the playoffs, what, eight pass attempts or something like yep. that, which is, it was almost like it was 1920s football again. It, it, was, it was very, and if it, if it works, by the way, it's not like Shanahan's going to get greedy or egotistical and be like, well, I got to do this, I got to do this. If it works, he's like, let's just hammer this. Let's go ahead and do this, which is a awesome mentality to have as a coach to kind of put your ego aside and be able to do all that shit. Uh, he's also kept the fullback position alive very much. How much pride do you have in being a fullback out there i mean there's only a few of you guys out there that are still holding it down it's a cyclical league so there'll be more that'll come around on the other side of this whole thing but in your eyes being a fullback what does it mean oh my gosh huge amount of pride uh to be one of the you know the full few fullbacks that are out there and getting significant playing time um you know whenever people love to throw out the oh there's only three or four teams that use a fullback no it's not quite that there's still 21 teams that have uh fullbacks and there are more teams that use guys in that position. They're just not labeled a fullback. Um, but like I said, tremendous pride to be out there and um, you know be one of the guys that consistently can contribute to our offense. And that was really um, one of the biggest reasons I came to San Francisco is I saw an opportunity with Kyle. I saw what he was doing in Atlanta with his fullback, and I felt like we could expand on it even more uh, with my skill set. Um, so I've been, uh, you know, tremendously blessed to be in an offense that really uses me and uh lets me you know display my skill set out there it's been awesome are you going for the kill just every time what do you you went to harvard you got a big brain so you probably mm-hmm. can't just cobra strike like kevin green what's the mindset whenever you're coming what are you just trying to kill somebody aj hawk told us uh he joined he usually joins us he's with his family this week or whatever but he said uh he hated oklahoma drills okay but he, his mindset was i hate these things but if my only means of survival is to kill everybody in this i'm gonna have to kill everybody like that's just gonna have to be what it is as a fullback that's a lot of collisions there's a lot of collisions happening there's a lot of high speed collisions happening what is your mindset are you a leverage guy like i gotta out leverage this person or are you trying to are you trying to potentially put yourself into uh, you know, a uh, concussed state Ooh. every single time. <laughs> um, you know what? I feel like I disappoint people with this question all the time because I am one of the more recognizable fullbacks. People want – they want to hear about the guy who has the neck collar. Yeah, yeah. Head into the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes out with his forehead bleeding. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I hate to let you down. It's really just not – that's not my style. It's and the show. And the show. There, there <laughs> are times where you can't avoid it. Are you getting ready to do? You ready to show me something? <laughs> no, I was, I was going to say end the show because you said that, but I but you were going to give a great answer, so I, I I wanted to stop interrupting you because I was about to hear a great answer and I kind of fucked it up. That's on me. But you said there are times. Of, let's just just act like what I did was nothing. There, just go ahead and do your thing. Jeez, uh, but no, I'm definitely uh, my mentality is to use my leverage. Um, to use my speed to set up, um, you know, a lot of times I'm attacking a guy on the edge and he's got, he's got to be able to defend a flat route and he's got to be able to defend me cutting him out or kicking him out on a power. So I try to use, um, you know, leverage and angles to my advantage and uh, less so of just smacking my head into somebody. That's a shame. I mean, it's smart, obviously, but I was just hoping <laughs> that your answer would be like, yeah, I don't think I just run and bury my head in it. What was your major at Harvard? Economics. Ooh. Oh, are you paying attention to anything? What do we got? We got money in Bitcoin? You, you doing what, what, what do we got? No, that, that's the thing, though. If, if I hadn't played football, I'd been in trouble. I, I can't tell you the first thing about economics. <laughs> <laughs> what are some hobbies? You got a dog, obviously. That takes up a lot of time, you and your lady. What, what are some hobbies for you? Uh, love playing cards. Big in the garden. 
got a got a greenhouse back home. Ooh. Uh, always got the garden going. Uh, so you know, try to eat well. My wife and I do a lot of home cooking. Oh, uh, food! So that takes up a lot of our time. I thought you were growing marijuana out mm. there. <laughs> no, not. <laughs> Not that kind of garden. Okay. Well, maybe whenever you retire, you'll maybe potentially, you know, maybe make an economic decision Ooh. as well. Uh, Connor, what do you got? Yeah, Kyle, between yourself and Ryan Fitzmagic, it was a pretty massive weekend for Harvard alumni. Do you think it's time to start considering Harvard as a pipeline for uh, NFL players? Superstar. I think there's no question. I'm pretty sure we lead all FCS schools uh, in uh, active NFL players right now. I think there's Ooh. seven or eight of us right now. Uh, it's a good amount, um, and we don't get enough love for it, I feel like. we About one every year we're putting into the league. Wow. Well, not this year because the Ivy League said we're not playing football. Oh, they they right. said that first. That makes it tougher. Yeah, that's going to be tough to get a guy. <laughs> hey, and, and you'll appreciate this. You're a special team guy. We got, we got two uh, Harvard Pro Bowlers this year. We got our uh, long snapper, Tyler Ott, played tight end with me. I didn't know that. Let's go. I didn't know that. Let's go, Tyler. Yeah. Was it pass-fail? Did you get grades? Uh, there were pass-fail options. You could do one a semester, um, but it was mostly grades. Did you do really well? I don't know how you would have done it. I, I went to zero classes, and I was at West Virginia, which is the Harvard of West Virginia by all means. That's right. It is, I was a, you know, it was just basically communication studies. I don't know how anybody with the schedule of football, especially in a position that you have to be pretty yoked, so you had to worry about your fitness and what you were eating and everything. I don't know how you put it all into one day, dude. I don't know how you did it. I'm not going to say it was easy, uh, but time management was definitely your number one skill. You had to figure out how to fit everything into a day. I, I snoozed my way through a lot of classes. Hey, it worked out. <laughs> I mean, not really, but here we are. Kyle, uh, safe travels. Were you playing in Arizona again this week? Yeah, yeah, we're here in Arizona against Seattle. And then, will you, do you have a house in Santa Clara, like off season, or do you have somewhere else? Will, like, will some guys not even go back to Santa Clara ever until next year? I'm sure some people just go straight home. Um, but I, I've got a house in Santa Clara, and then my off season house is in New York. So we're going to pack up our stuff in Santa Clara and then head out to New York for the off season. Uh, city or upstate? Uh, Long Island. Oh, Long Ooh, Island. Ooh, the island. Hey, Long Island's not a bad place, huh, man, sir? Isn't that where you're from, Arner? Great, pla- great place, man. Lovely little town called Huntington. Is it locked down right now, though? It's not as open as it should be. No, no. Well, we don't know anything about that, but I feel like I feel like Santa Clara and New York are the two most, right? Aren't those oh, yeah. locked down? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The coast. I got to yeah, tell you. And the two highest taxed places in the country, Ooh, too. Yeah. So I picked some great places to settle down. <laughs> yeah, as a Harvard <laughs> economics guy, why don't you have a house in, what, Delaware or whatever? Like, I know. Smart. I messed up, right? Well, you said you're not really paying attention to the economics thing. That's you you, you <laughs> openly said it. Hey, good luck this Sunday. I uh, hope you have a great game. Enjoy the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl's not even happening, I guess. What are you guys doing? Just hanging Virtual out? Virtual Pro Bowl. You're Madden. What are you doing? You're playing Madden? Are you good at Madden? I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure if the players are playing in the game or if they're just doing a simulated, uh, you know, Pro Bowl roster. So oh. I'm not totally sure yet. How would you fare if you had to play? You know what? Eight years ago, I'm taking the championship, no doubt. Uh, but since I joined the league and uh, and got married, I, I haven't been playing uh, too much Madden recently. You need to get on Oculus, okay? Listen, I'm I not... just saw you posted something on your Twitter. <laughs> my uh, my father in law got one, and I got some hilarious videos. Oh yeah, I'm gonna start streaming. I think of me playing because it's not even like it's. I mean, I'm talking shit to these fake things that are existing it is so realistic in there kyle i've never been a video game player in my life but i very much understand how people can get addicted to it with this oculus it's, it's ready player one you're in there you're just fucking living what's that wow 
Yeah, I'm playing ping pong. Okay. And they got, I mean, you're playing, first of all, in this like little lounge area and you got your own table or whatever. And you have to throw the ball up, has to fall six inches, like the real rules. And whenever you hit it, it feels like you're hitting it. It's even a little vibrate in your hand. And then you can put spin on it. And then you look out to the left and your windows at the lounge that you're in, your Uh place. The fucking Alps, dude. You're just wow. hanging out in the Alps. No. Yeah. So I'm playing ping pong against this character that I created who's really good. Un- unbelievably good. And I'm just playing. And then I look at the Alps over there. And then I go out. And all of a sudden, I'm in a resort in, like, Mexico all of a sudden. And then I'm boxing in an arena against a knockout artist from Bangkok all of a sudden. I mean, it is. It's unbelievable. It's Ready Player One, Kyle. Yeah. yeah I got to get one. It's going to be hard. I think they're sold out till January. Yep. Sold out till January. On top of it. Uh, Especially after that campaign you just gave. They're well, <laughs> that's how I know they're sold out till January, by the way. The DMs I've been getting from a lot of my former teammates, they're like, is this thing real? What is this? I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking fighting dudes every morning. Like it's, They're like, we got to get in, and it's been sold out. But uh, Kyle, have an incredible offseason. Enjoy that Pro Bowl. We appreciate your time, man. I hope you come back on the show whenever. Yeah, man, I'd love to be back on again. So I'll talk to you again soon. All right, next time you come on, though, let's get some economics information. Come on. We don't have have a lot of Harvard friends that are in the economics world, so we would like you to potentially bring that into the thing. Please. But if you're not comfortable. with homework right now? (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) You're right, you're right. Hey, whatever you want to do next time, but we will ask again. Just know that that question is coming. I'll be ready. Ladies and gentlemen, Pro Bowler, Kyle Yuschek. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, Six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, We are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. You know, uh, there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel. We worked that out. That's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other. But even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel, it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, We love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Joining us now is a man with a lot of knowledge on a lot of things in the NFL. Host of Rap Sheet and Friends. He's also on NFL Network and NFL.com. Insider for the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rapp. Yeah! Rap Sheet! Rap Sheet! going on rap sheet so i i get a question before you get to your questions for me so you have me on a bunch yeah and then you have pelicero on a bunch yeah yeah who is a better more knowledgeable <laughs> and also more entertaining guest so rap sheet here's the thing about that is everybody's special in their own particular ways uh you but how am i more special well you've led to a couple breaking news on the show you know what i mean like you've kind of like alluded to a couple pelicero is a little bit of a uh, greedy prick when it comes to that mm-hmm. you know what i mean like he that's right yeah, welcome he, to my life yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> greedy 
Uh, Pelissero is amazing. Okay, he's he has a radio show on SiriusXM, so you can tell that whenever he gets into explaining things, he hits it from all different angles. You two have two different yeah. styles, but he he gives us nothing. He'll get phone calls while the show's happening. Won't even think about letting us know nope. who it Gosh. potentially is. You have given us little breadcrumbs before, which we do appreciate. So I think that is the two vast differences. Even though you're both amazing on the show. All right, I'll allow that. That's fair. So I'm better is what you're saying. Cool. I got I read between the lines. <laughs> Tom Pelissero. We pronounced his name wrong the first ten times he came on the oh, show. Yeah. It wasn't until a couple weeks ago. It's Pelissero, not Sorrow. You know what I mean? Because Oh my God. He's the biggest jockey of pronunciation. He gets so pissed when people pronounce Matt LaFleur's name wrong. Oh, people say LaFleur. Yeah. It's actually LaFleur. Yeah, yeah. And he gets legitimately angry about it. He well, once did a segment on it because he was so pissed. Well, that's because his name probably has been butchered so much. So he, he got upset about it. How does it work with you two? You guys are just on one group text thread and then as soon as somebody calls you or texts you, you guys have to get into the group text and say, does anybody else know anything else about this? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's me and Palacero and Garofolo. And, you know, I would say, I would say we, you know, we share some information. If, if I'm on something, I'll be like, you know, hey, FYI, this is coming just so they're not blindsided. Or if it's like, hey, I got a lead on this, but you got good contacts here. Can you help me out? Or it'll be like, you know, for Sundays, hey, I'm working on something, but you're covering the game. Let's get together on this and we'll both talk about it on TV. Um, that kind of thing. It's, there's a lot of collaborative thinking. How does that work business-wise then? Huh? That has to be a what little... Because if... So is it like when you get brought... You guys are just judged as a team? Like, are you judged as a team at NFL? Is that how it works, like, from the business standpoint of it all? I mean, I, I'm honestly not sure. I just know that I want to win as much as humanly possible. <laughs> and so, like, for me, you know, like, I wanted us... To hire both these guys, I was very clear talking to our bosses, like for each of these guys, like I think these guys are the best and I think we should go hire them. And we've made some other really good hires too. But I'm just saying, um, you know, these guys are two where I'm like, we should definitely go hire these guys. Um, and I just know I wanted to win. And so we decided like, all right, if we're, we're either going to be three, three separate silos and we'll, we'll break some news and we'll be fine. Or we could just combine forces and do really well. Uh, we went with the latter, and I think that worked out. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Look inside, see all the people. Ooh. See what you guys did right there? That's what you guys yep. did. That yep. was awesome. That was awesome you guys did that. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about some of your teamwork, shall we? 17-game uh, uh, season is a go for next year. Was there ever a thought of an extra bye week, or did this get expedited because of the current financial situation with COVID, or how do you th- feel like this whole thing got worked out? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was in the CBA, and it was always a possibility. I kind of, in my own head, was like, all right, it'll be kind of down the line whenever they do the TV deal. So I was thinking probably 2022 and then the pandemic hit. And then it's like, all right, you know, everyone's, it's not like everyone's having money problems. They're just not making as much as before. And when the revenue streams kind of dried up a little bit, obviously limited fans and, um, and all of that, you know, it, it really became like, all right, how can they get more money this year to help? It's not just make more money. It's not like the owners need more money. It's also salary cap. You know, the salary cap projections for 2021 were so far off because, you know, there's been hardly any fans. You need to make up for that at some point. This was the best and most obvious 
revenue possibility, it actually helps all sides because you need to get an extra billion dollars or so for week 17 that the players split with the owners. Um, as soon as one TV deal gets done, whether it's you know Fox or NBC or ESPN or CBS or whatever, Amazon. Um, then this will basically kick into place. Um, and I think it'll be a very cool thing. They're talking a hundred billion dollars in TV deals. Hundred. That's over billion. a lot of years, but yeah, ten, I mean, right? Uh, I think that's what it would be. Ten um, years, hundred billion dollars, and they still negotiate ways for their own network to have exclusive things. The NFL business model is insane. How come there wasn't an extra bye week thought about? Because you would think that's two more weeks of television. I I just have not heard any. Uh, any momentum toward an extra bye week? Oh, NFLPA should have pushed for that. Uh, you know, it kind of—I don't know—it dilutes things a little bit, and I'm just not—I'm just not sure it's necessary. What I would be, you know, from a player rest standpoint, possibly, but I'm—I'm I'm gonna be really curious to see if some of these roster things that they've had now, like the flexibility, the three games of IR, guys being able to come kind of back and forth unlimited promotions off the practice squad without going through waivers. Like, I wonder how much of that is going to stick because it does seem to, it seems teams have more good players on the field this year, this time of year than previous, um, which I think is a good thing. Okay. So let's talk about a couple of the stories that came out of yesterday. Uh, Jerry Goff, we seen him pull his thumb out and put it back into Uh-oh. place. And, uh, that, not great. Not great at all. The thumb off the helmet is always a worry for quarterbacks. That's why a nice clean pocket is preferred by us NFL quarterbacks. Also, the running back got hurt for LA. Yeah, us quarterbacks. Third mm. string, look it up. You, you got a, for a, probably a little fucking Rolodex. Were you, the, were, the, were you the emergency quarterback? Oh, yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah. I got oh, snaps every Saturday, dude. Every Saturday. <laughs> that's awesome. Let's hear your Doc uh, Yeah, yeah, the whole... <laughs> The whole thing. <laughs> it is. There's so, some... Yeah, go ahead. I would say I have I have a six-year-old and a seven-year-old boys who've started watching football with me. And now you get to hear everything on TV. You never really... You can never really hear the signals. They're infatuated with the signals. So they walk around the house going, Green 80! Green 80! And they want to know, like, do, do the quarterbacks practice that? And how does it happen? What does it mean? So we've had to... I've had to talk more about quarterback signals than ever before and it just warms my heart that you can now join our conversation well just let them know every saturday i got working dallas clark actually told the story the first time he saw me uh working on that my rookie year where he was across the field and he was like i could probably do i at least know the plays better like that's always the reaction clyde christensen current quarterback coach for the tampa bay buccaneers uh, was a big fan of mine. We golfed together. He saw I was athletic, and he's throwing with me. He was the one that made the big push for me to be the emergency quarterback. Frank Reich, who is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, was the assistant quarterback coach at the time. He's the one that went through the reps with me. So, like, the, the hand and everything like that. So, NFL coach, quarterback here, no big deal. Currently, two of the greatest, some will say. Huh. Even though that second half yesterday was a complete collapse. Give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. I'll ask uh, for your kids tomorrow, Aaron Rodgers, what scary ninja means because that was an early audible that that Aaron made (laughs) that I will be excited to see what that meant. Scary. Uh, We don't have enough guys. Ninja. uh, Whatever that means. We're doing that. Um, So with the Rams though. So Rams, yeah. Running back at Jared Goff. They got a guy who's in the AAFL. What's going on with the Rams and are they in a bad spot right now? They are in a really rough spot right now, which is weird because they really are a very good team. And I would say they're in, you know, like a lot of the good teams now, it seems in danger of missing the playoffs somehow, some way. So you got Jared Goff, 
was a fractured and a dislocated thumb. Jeez. He popped it back in yesterday, which gives you chills just thinking about it. It's horrific. Um, so that's going to need surgery. He's going to try to put off surgery till after the season, which from what I understand is possible. So he thinks he can play. He's going to try to push through it. We'll see. It seems nuts, but we will see. So he's going to have a splint on that thing probably, huh? That's going to be... Yeah, and, and we've seen this because Brady, it wasn't the same injury, but Brady, remember when he almost chopped off his thumb? Oh, or, yeah, on he, a handoff. He, right? Yes, so he played with like a hard... Um, oh, oh, who is it? What do we got? Type. It's no caller ID. Did someone call me on purpose with no caller ID? This is what happens whenever Pelissero's on. It's probably Tom. It's probably Tom. It's probably Tom. The hell with Tom. No, no, unless he wants to come back on. Should I get it? Do you want me to get it? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. This is the first time a no-caller ID. Uh, You missed it. There'll be another one. There'll be another one. Hey, it's week 16. There's going to be a lot of news to break here. Don't worry about it. Uh, So that was it? What if that was the big one? Like like Detroit selling their team? Oh. (laughs) Is that happening? I have not heard it's happening. Oh. You don't sound very confident. You know that's my nightmare, right? What's that? Is... Is to be on and have someone just drop a, <laughs> hey, have you heard this? And it's something unbelievable, but like, it's the NFL. It literally anything is possible at all times. Right. So I can never, I never laugh at those things. I'm always like, huh. All right. So you'll probably go to the group text and ask if anybody's heard anything out of Detroit. We, the Rams are in trouble. Goff is going to try to power yeah. through that. Is there any big news you think that's going to come out? Any firings? It's too late in the season for a firing, right? People just wait till the season's over. Who, what are some surprising yeah. things you think that we could expect this week to happen? Yeah. I mean, I would say, um, mm. you know, I would say this week, um, it was, a, it was actually a, a Twitter alert from Mike Garofalo talking about Doug Peterson. It's oh. a non-caller ID calling again. I'm yeah. going to have to get this. Yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Please Here do. Here we go. I will. Fine scenes. They didn't respond. Oh, oh it's Pelissero. It's a ghost. Yeah, yeah it's Pelissero. Probably. Anyways, what should we look forward to news-wise? How, so, about, how about that Jalen Hurts-Doug Peterson situation with Wentz? That's wild. It's wild. And, I, you know, it's interesting. The Eagles aren't good, and obviously they're not going to make the playoffs. But to me, they're like the most interesting team heading into this offseason. Most interesting team by far. Because they could keep Carson Wentz, let the quarterbacks battle. Hard to imagine Wentz would want to do that, but what are you going to do, you know? I mean, is he really going to ask to be traded rather than compete? I don't know if I see that. Um, they could... I guess theoretically trade Jalen Hurts. Maybe he's got value. Possible. No way. Uh, unlikely I... though. Or they could trade Carson Wentz. And maybe your team, Colts, no, 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 says, no, you know no, what? No, no, no. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It's back. I got to go. I got to go. Oh, all right. At Rap Sheet. <laughs> all right. Let's wow. go. He's about to break news. He's about to break news right huge. now. All right. Let's keep, let's keep up with the Twitter. The notifications account. on. I got to go. That's big because he was getting a few calls and he didn't say that. So which, who the hell just called him? Is he in trouble for what he said on the show? Did he say mm. something on the show? Somebody's getting fired. Soon, oh, yeah, somebody's canned right yeah. now. I was wondering if Gase right, and Nagy. All right, yeah. let's go around the room here. Who's getting canned? Not Nagy. Not for Nagy, sure. no, no way. Gase, was, no way. Or they're picking up the option on Trubisky fifth year. Oh, I thought they had to have done that already, didn't they? Is there a sure. deadline? Did deadline pass? I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. That's something sports shows should have. What about Fangio? <laughs> 
It's Vic Fangio. And, and there's conversation about Elway potentially having to step down. Yeah. Maybe it is. So we've kind of locked in now on Denver is what we're thinking. Uh-huh. All right, let's keep up with well, rap sheet. Then. Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe, the, you know, the Washington football team is done with Dewey Haskins. and They just want him out of the Did building. they cut Dwayne Haskins? Perhaps. Oh, man. There's so much. <laughs> Week 16, NFL, any, anything could happen. Let's go to uh, the phones here real quick. That was electric. That was a, that was maybe the best exit of an interview we've ever had. Gotta go. The look on his face, it the panic, early. his eyes. Bro, he was going. His <laughs> eyes got. For those that were just listening, his eyes got huge. You could see him start looking at his computer. I was assuming. Does he type his tweets then? No, mm-hmm. gotta do it on the phone. Yeah. yeah, he's he's calling us on the computer, so he had to probably find the uh, the hang. Well, he's got there. a few phones too, so he's. I mean, you know, who knows which one picked up? Man, what fuck happened right there? It was big. Because a lot of guys, Pel- Pelissero, it happens to him. They get calls, but they never say, hey, I got to go. Let's go to Kyle in Cleveland. Kyle, what's going on? Man. Hey, what's up? Shout out to you guys. Love the show. Uh, I do have my one big question for this week is if the Pittsburgh Steelers next week, now that they, you know, they clinch the division, they're in the playoffs, are they going to sit their guys next week? And, you know, making an easier pass for Cleveland to get right into the playoffs. Even if they sit their players, you think the Browns going to beat them? I mean, the Browns are out 45 players, lost to the Jets yesterday, Mm. Kyle. Yeah, but, I mean, they're going to get at least some of those players back probably. You know, you got to – Oh, you know COVID? Two two to three of those receivers back. Kyle knows COVID better than us. We got a guy that got nobody else. Last week you guys win in the division. Now you're worried about About the Steelers Steelers resting players. players. What the hell is going on in Cleveland? Hey, that's the highs and lows of being a Browns. (laughs) (laughs) I can respect that, Kyle. The Browns losing to the Jets was interesting yesterday because they were out, what, eight receivers? They were also out three offensive linemen. And that can be tough, obviously, whenever you put together an entire game plan. And maybe Stefanski just decided to keep with his game plan no matter what. They had Baker throw the ball 53 times. And, and that stat can be alarming, okay? And I got a lot of people coming after me that that was lazy analysis. That's just me looking at the box score and the stats and saying, oh, this is probably when they're going to lose games whenever they're doing this. Now, am I saying that they should have just force-fed Chubb and Kareem Hunt? Yes, I am saying that because that seems to be working for them. But even more so whenever you're out eight wide receivers. Now, the three offensive linemen giving them no time and not being able to pick up yards, cool. But at least you're still chewing at the clock a little bit, right? you got to change your game plan whenever you're out a lot of stars. you got to hopefully play a little game management style. Him throwing it 53 times was wild to me. I thought that was wild to me. I put it out that it was wild to me. It was wild to a lot of people. Then I got a lot of Browns fans attacking me for not doing my uh, deep dive analysis and watching the entire game, which... Hey, that's on me. I didn't watch the entire... It was on. Hey, it was on. Especially whenever I saw you guys were about to lose to the fucking Jets. It was like, uh, this is going to happen whoa, here. Whoa, whoa. Let's go ahead and watch this thing as they were pulling away 20-3 to 3 at one point. But for me, that you got two monsters in the back. You just feed them. I don't know why they didn't do that. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers-Cleveland Browns game was supposed to be awesome. It was supposed to be Week 17, AFC North Championship on the line probably Sunday night football. Instead, we got the Washington football team, Eagles, and that's because that game is the only one that isn't affected by any other games, I guess. Washington wins and they're in, so all eyes are going to be on that game if the Cowboys can get another win against the Giants next week. But for me, that Steelers-Browns game was supposed to be awesome. Steelers turn around the second half. Browns go the complete opposite direction. It feels like this could be a situation where the Browns have their best, game, best season they've had in a long, long time. 
and maybe miss the playoffs. Dwayne Haskins has been released. (laughs) No. Did we guess it? Oh, my God. One of our four guesses was was that Dewey Haskins was getting released. Holy shit. So, Ian Rapport just broke that? Yep. Yes, sir. I got to go, he says. (laughs) I got to go. Per me and Tom Pellicero, by the way, in the group text. Nice. Congrats, Tom. Good job, boys. Washington has released QB Dwayne Haskins per me and Tom Pelissero reports friend of the show at Rap Sheet Ian Rappaport. He actually ended our show early to get this tweet out. Could have done two birds, one stone. He chose not to. We thank him for his time. This is wild with Dwayne Haskins because Dwayne Haskins, everybody remembers the draft party. Everybody remembers where he was charging people to get into his draft party. Everybody remembers him shrugging off other quarterbacks getting drafted ahead of him after his illustrious career at Ohio State. Then things get a little bit rocky. Case Keenum, I believe, was the first quarterback to play. Dwayne Haskins was the backup quarterback. And during Case Keenum's playing time, Dwayne Haskins was nowhere near him. Dwayne Haskins was on the other end of the bench fucking around, messing around maybe with his friends. And I always wondered, if you're a young quarterback like Tua was, Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you're a high draft pick, probably going to be the future of the franchise. If they have a veteran starting over you, even if you don't like it, you should probably hang around that person to kind of learn how they operate. Be in their back pocket is how it's described in the NFL. And Dwayne Haskins did not do that. Then Dwayne Haskins got his chance to play at the end of the uh, season last year, but it was an entire fire. New coaching staff. We've learned about the expose, but he showed some promise. Against the Packers last year, he showed a little bit of promise against them. Remember giving them a little bit of a problem. And going into the offseason, it was like, is Dwayne Haskins the future of the Washington football team? At that point, they didn't even have a team name, by the way. I don't even think they knew what was going on. Ron Rivera has him as a starter. He gets voted the captain by his teammates. So in my eyes, all the rumors that I had heard about him potentially having a weak work ethic or maybe not being a team guy from his body language on the sideline behind Case Keenum, whenever he was voted captain, that kind of relieved all that from me. I was like, all right, his teammates like him, his coaches like him. This guy has shown talent. Hopefully he'll be able to dive into the playbook and become an absolute monster out there. Then something happened and it seemed to all fall apart. Joining us right now is a man who's a former general manager and a man who is a coaching consultant to the Patriots, a man who's an author, host of the GM Shuffle and Hammer Don, which is the gambling podcast that we put out of this office here. He uh, writes for the Daily Coach, which is an email and newsletter that shows up every morning with a little bit of motivation. The guy literally does everything. I'm not sure how he fits it all into his day, but we're thankful he can join us right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Yeah! Thank you. I, I was jogging here from my office to here, so I'm back. I'm ready to go. What a day already, huh? Yeah, well, let's let's talk about – we'll get to all that, but let's talk about the tweet that you just put out because a little bit disparaging, a little bit disparaging. I mean, did not expect this from you. At M. Lombardi NFL, by the way, the punter and the owner slash head scout wanted to prove they were much smarter than most, even those in their organization and selected Dwayne Haskins, ignoring the signs of problems. Okay, so we'll get into the Dwayne Haskins release, uh, you know, for sure he goes from starting quarterback last week to uh starting quarterback yesterday to being released on the day after the game with one week left in the season whenever they have the nfc east to win sunday night football but aside from all that the punter and the owner wanted to prove they're much smarter than most what's that all about okay so the, the former general manager of the team i worked with in oakland and i never call him by his name he was a punter from richmond And he got drafted in the 12th round by the Baltimore Colts. You could figure out his name. I'm never saying his name. And so I always refer to him as the punter. And then the owner is Dan Snyder, who's the owner head scout. Because literally, I mean, everybody from Jay Gruden to their head, everybody was telling them, 
look, Dwayne Haskins is not what you think he is. He's got some issues off the field that he's not disciplined. He doesn't care enough about it. So that's why that tweet came out. Michael, why do you think they voted him captain? Because that was big for me. Because I'd heard all those rumors that you're referring to about how he's not in it for the team. He doesn't love football. He doesn't care about winning. He's just, you know, he's a talented guy. Obviously, he has a lot of talent. But in the NFL, a lot of people have talent. It's taking the next step, especially at the quarterback position. I had heard all those rumors. And then going into this season, I think I thought last season wasn't really given an opportunity. Coach is fired. All these exposés are coming out. The place is upside down. You know, going into this season with Ron Rivera though a nice steady voice he got a ch- he had to see on his chest he was starting I was like okay maybe everything we had heard about him off the field was wrong how does that happen and then this happened how did he get voted cap like did something change did he did he somehow zoom call his way through leadership like how did that whole thing happen was that Ron's fault you think the team like how did that work I think when the Pat McAfee office starts to get in the 30-30 business and does documentary, this might be the first one you want to work on. It's like, Mm. how did this happen? Like, how did a guy whose behavior has never been reminiscent of a captain become a captain? Was this Dan Snyder said, hey, let's throw the kid a bow? Now, remember, he lost 25 pounds this offseason. Everybody said he was working harder than he possibly could have worked, right? And I think today... You know, the Daily Coach today, I wrote about Joan Didion, one of the great writers of all time, and she talked about in a passage from Slouching from Bethlehem, a, a, an essay she wrote about how we can't forget, as we all start to prepare for New Year's and have resolutions, we can't forget the past person we was. We can't say we don't want to talk about what we did because that person shows up at four in the morning and kind of says, well, who's abandoned me? Well, Haskins never acknowledged he was doing things wrong in the past. And he thought that if I lose weight, I'll win everybody's confidence. And those habits that he thought he changed never really changed. He's young. Immature. He's immature. A lot of it is immaturity. I agree. By the way. And the best thing that happened to this kid, and I would tell him this, is now you have a chance to rebuild your career. Because as fear does the work of reason. When you're fearful, you're not going to have a career. And let's be honest, who's going to sign Dwayne Haskins for a third-string quarterback job? Who? Tell me. No one. So his career is at a, a crossroads after two seasons. And it's not like it's drug-related or he's been suspended. This is behavior-related based on caring. It's based on based on maturity. And okay. he can fix that. Okay, so I hope he can as well, by the way. This is a story that 10 years from now will be talked about in two different ways, how this moment today with Ron Rivera either pivoted him into becoming everything that he could become with his potential being one that's very high. He can sling the rock. It seems like if you watch practices, he can go ahead and put the ball wherever it is. But off the field, will he dive into being an NFL quarterback with no fear? That that whole without fear, there's no reason. That's a great quote, by the way, because he's probably always been unbelievable. I would assume in high school he was unbelievable. College he was unbelievable. You go to the Washington football team, you're, it's your home hometown team you're friends with the owner i mean you probably feel as if you're invincible and can do whatever the hell you want and not be held to the same standard but i i fear that nobody like what's he gonna have to xfl next i fear he's been labeled a distraction already and he's only what 24 years old and once you get labeled a distraction you got no chance of getting back into the league no and, and i think this pat you know let's be real honest part of this is his problem but also part of this is the system problem, right? So he's a highly recruited kid. He's a five-star kid coming out of high school. And and the and the guy that really suffered more from him than anybody is Joe Burrow. Because when Joe Burrow was mm. coming out, he was a three-star. 
and they put all their eggs in this five-star basket of Haskins, and they basically started to kiss his butt. They started to do things to get him. And that that self-entitlement that people give you, you start to think it's it just comes with every day. Burrow was the three-star. You know, they never thought Burrow was quite as good. And so Burrow had to transfer to LSU because of Haskins. And Burrow never opened his mouth. He never said anything. In fact, I know from a former coach that worked there that Burrow was didn't even wear the red jersey. They let the defense hit Burrow. Jeez. That's but, why he fucking just eats hits all the time. The Ohio State just ruined him. <laughs> Good God. Unbelievable. So, but, but, they, but they kissed Haskins' butt, and he's had his butt kissed so much that no one's de-recruited him. No one's brought him in and said, okay, it's all over with. We're not rec- it's over. The scholarship's over. And that's a big problem. How, how do we change that, though? Because um, especially with uh, social media, Right, I mean Zion. I don't know how Zion isn't the biggest prima donna of all time. I've been watching him since he was literally like what twelve years yep. old, dunking on little white kids in South Carolina. Right, South Carolina. That's where mm-hmm. it was. He was dunking on superstar, megastar. Goes to Duke, megastar. Uh, Pelicans, megastar. But he's still somehow very humble. I'll be intrigued to see going forward how the superstardom doesn't affect people off the field as much as it does. It's already. I mean, it's happened since the beginning of time. Obviously, everybody. There's a lot of mentions in the YouTube comment section about Ryan Leaf, who we've had on our show, and that situation was one that is, is obviously ended up sad at the time. I think there's a redemption story. Who knows long-term how that whole thing works out, but I feel like that is potentially going to be a problem as the world continues to build everybody. It's it's like the everybody gets a trophy type thing, right? It, it, it yeah. is something that is going to inevitably affect some things, and you just hope that Dwayne Haskins is able to learn from this moment, which is obviously going to be low point of his life thus far. I mean, granted, I don't know him that well, so that's a complete assumption, but professional football life, this is the low point of his football life, is like, is this enough to change something and get him into being like the hardest worker in the room, which is what you want your quarterback to be if you're going to lead, if he's going to lead a billion dollar operation? Yeah, and, and what you want to hear him say is, look, I screwed up. I'm sorry. It's my fault. It's on me. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to do everything I have to do. Take responsibility. But he's yet to take responsibility. He's always, it's been, you know, well, the system was bad. You know, he's always been about the things that come with being a player, not the process of being a player. And that's a dramatic difference. Hey, and, you, and I, and you and I have talked about this. I started seeing this as social media got bigger. In the offseason, you have like 100 guys on the team, 90 guys on the team or whatever. And as soon as the guys would get there for OTAs or the offseason workouts, they go right to their Twitter and Instagram bios, member of the Indianapolis Colts, you know what I mean? Pro NFL football player for the Indianapolis Colts. And then I, I don't see them like doing extra reps on the jugs or anything like that. And I'm like, that's a cool bio for like the next three months or so. But when football actually happens, are you going to take that off and just say former professional football player? Or are you going to do everything that it takes to actually remain an NFL football player? Because everybody wants to be a lion until it comes time to do what lions have to do and that's kind of like the whole thing about the nfl it's not easy being an nfl player getting there obviously impossible staying there is a whole different animal it's a whole different yeah. animal. when i when i talk to players before the combine or or in preparation i always ask do you have kobe bryant's picture up in your room oh yeah i love kobe bryant do you know how hard kobe worked 
Do you know do you know what Kobe did? Do you understand Kobe Bryant? Do you understand what Kobe did? Do you understand that 4 o'clock in the morning he was in the gym? Do you understand that Kobe would practice for eight, nine hours a day? Do you understand nothing was more important in Kobe's life than being the best pro he could possibly be, being the best? Of his, I mean, because if you're going to hang that picture up on the wall and you want to emulate him, you better understand who you're doing with. You know, because Kobe just didn't sign autographs. Kobe just didn't show up. Kobe worked the work. What you do in the dark will come to the light. That's go, that goes for everything, especially in the world that we're in right now, but also with the work that you put in when you only have seven or 16 Sundays to prove what you've done all year. It kind of figures out. Hopefully, Dwayne Haskins will be able to figure it out from this moment and move forward. Incredibly talented dude. I hope he doesn't fucking waste it like it seems like he has thus far. Let's talk about some other things. Um, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, the last 90 minutes of football, Mike, they've played very good football the last 90 minutes. Are they getting hot at the right time, or is this them playing bad football teams well a little bit of both i mean they play you know the atlanta game i mean look atlanta gave kansas city everything you wanted to do and they just kind of plowed through atlanta in the second half there and then uh yes against detroit detroit's too slow had no coaches i mean but it's all going to be the matchup you know if washington wins this week washington go and tampa has to go into washington that's not the perfect team for tampa to play because they can rush four guys and put pressure on brady that's always been the recipe against Tom. And whether they can hold up on the outside, whether they can, he'll make plays, whether they can score any points with their offense, who knows. But I think that the Bucks still have the same symptoms and problems when they play against certain teams, especially teams that are good with a defensive front that can pressure Tom and make him play faster. Hey, there's a lot going on in that NFC right now. The Rams, Jared Goff last night, exactly what we talked about. The Jared Goff live bet. Last night, I was too scared to do it just because it looked like the Seahawks were completely dead. But the Jared Goff live bet, if you watch the first two, three series and Goff looks like uncomfortable, go ahead and hammer the other team. Now, it didn't happen until later in the game. The Seahawks kind of took over, but Goff never looked comfortable. I think he only had like 215 yards or 200 and some yards before he broke his thumb. That offense seems to be so hit or miss over there. You can't really trust them to do much, but the Seahawks win the NFC West for the first time since 2016. Is Are they a real contender in this thing, or is everything run through Green Bay because everybody's going to have to probably go to Lambeau? Well, I mean, they have a problem with, with, with Aaron, there's no doubt. I mean, the way Aaron played last night, he won the MVP. But I think you got to get Congrats, Aaron. Yeah. Congrats, Aaron. Woo. Congrats, Aaron. Proud of you, bud. Take your hat off to Pete Carroll. He got, this, he got his defense fixed. You know, he's got him playing in the eight-man front. I mean, let's, Jamal Adams is a linebacker. And he's a good linebacker. Don't get me wrong. I'm not dismissing him. But they got him, you know, he's playing down the box. They kind of got him matched. He attacks the pocket. And their their gap integrity's improved. But you're right about Jared Goff. I mean, I knew yesterday, I on your on the hammer down, I had the Rams as one of my picks. And after the second series, I said to my wife, This is not gonna go well. This is a blow. I blew this one. This is over with. This is this is not the way I envisioned the game going. And and if I would if I were a betting man, I would have gone to an app and bet against them. But I, I think Seattle's dangerous because Russell still hasn't played to the level we saw him play earlier in the season. And there's some of that that's left to be played. Don't give Green Bay trouble. But I'm telling you something now. You know, this Green Bay team, the way they played last night, the way Aaron's playing with Devontae Adams healthy, and that if they can set the edge like they did last night with Gary really helping them, they're a hard out now. They're going to be tough to play, especially, Pat, you've done it. I mean, you've played in a dome. You've played outside. 
the Packers looked like Eskimos, how comfortable they were throwing and catching outdoors last night. <laughs> they did look like a bunch of Inuits running around out there. The thing about them is their offense did not change at all. It did not. None. It almost looked better because because the D-line slipped, don't have as good a traction when they're trying to work their thing. Everybody thinks about wide receivers footing and corners footing, but D-line footing is a big deal as well. I'm not saying the offensive line isn't, but it was obvious that the Green Bay Packers were much better prepared in the conditions than um, – um, then uh, you get it, the fucking other team, uh, Titans, Tennessee Titans. But the defensive line couldn't get any rush. Aaron was sitting back there for like 10 seconds at a time. And if you give Aaron Rodgers six, seven seconds to just sit there because he knows what defense you're in, so he knows exactly who's going to open up. And how about him last night with a little 15-yard skirt, skirt? Ooh. I mean, they, they're playing their best football. Defense was opportunistic. Uh, they, they seem to be playing their best football right now. That's going to be trouble, people going down Lambo daughter. How about he takes off for 15 yards, gets the first down, golf takes off and slides three yards short of the first down. Like, seriously? <laughs> seriously? Like, get the first down, dude. Like, you know, you're not sliding. This isn't that we're not playing the Mets in a doubleheader. Get the first down, you know? And, and I, I thought, you know, the one thing – I don't think fans understand this. That football, as wet as it is and as cold as it is, is hard to throw. That's one thing. It's even harder to catch. Now, you could catch it, but you double catch it. Those Packer receivers, there was no double catch at all. They caught that thing clean. They were perfect, and he threw it like it was it was an 80-degree day in Green Bay. It was really impressive to watch. And he jogs out there, you know, because they do zoom in on it. I tell them this every time I talk to him. They zoom in on his face more than any other court. I mean, they are on his face mm-hmm. as tight as possible. Oh, yeah. And there, there's just snow coming down sideways, and he just looks like the most calm dude of all time going out there. Like, this is not a problem. That whole team seems to be rallying around each other as well, a lot of celebrating. You can tell a lot about how a team's operating in the locker room, how close they are by their celebrations and how happy they are for each other. I mean, that is – and another team in the NFC we have to talk about, speaking of celebrating – Excuse me. Hey, God bless you. Bless you. God bless you. Bless you, Mark. Hey, may the Lord be with you, Bo. May the Lord be with you. Whichever one. Um, the Saints, they win the NFC South, okay? Kamara scores six touchdowns. Should have been seven. Sean gave one to Taysom whenever they were on the two. Thought he wasn't going to be able to get to six. Could have broke the record. He had six touchdowns. You've been on the train early that Kamara should be in the MVP conversation. You're not saying he should win it, but you've been saying that Kamara should be in the conversation. When Taysom Hill was the quarterback, he wasn't having his best games. But when Drew Brees is in there, Kamara is on a different planet playing football. No doubt. And I think the difference here is, is when you watch them play, you know, they always motion a guy across and then they set the defense. And then Drew usually gets them into a play that he wants. I'm not sure Taysom's that good to be able to get them into the great best run play. So when they don't have that ability to motion, reset, okay, I want to run it here against this front or that front, right or left, then, you know, I think it affects Kamara. But that when Breeze was back, they did their motion, they reset, they reset the snap count, they ran, they called the run, then all of a sudden he was really good. And look, Minnesota, we know they're not good on defense, but Kamara was sensational. And the way they played, you know, Breeze cuts down on the interceptions and the bad balls. They're a tough out too. Now they're going to have to go to Green Bay. That'll be a tough place to play for Drew. Yeah, Drew's arm, I'm not saying is dead because. Yeah, no, but it's going to be hard. I'm not going to say his arm's dead, Mike, because uh, Saints fans come after me a lot. But 
I mean, that looks like a much different ball coming out of that jugs machine than it did earlier in the year. And I don't, I don't, and you can look back to previous years. This seems to be a trend with Drew at the end of the year. Now, five week break last year with Teddy B, four week break this year. Maybe that'll continue to happen. You go back two years though, before the breaks there in the middle of the season, because of inj- not, I don't want to air quote that because of actual injuries or whatever, you know, the ball just starts spinning a little bit slower. Father time has its, it has its way with everybody. Now, is this the year where Drew goes on a run? and he sails off in the sunset maybe but in the AFC Kansas City Chiefs Mike they can win whenever they have to it feels like they'll be able to flip a switch they're gonna be a tough out for anybody is this a year where they get got though because of how they've been playing they've been a they've been I was at the Borgata yesterday and Thomas Gable the, the who runs the sports book said we've made more money on the Chiefs in the last six weeks than any team in the league never cover never cover and everybody thinks they're gonna cover and they never cover why is that? Is that because they're bored, do you think? like I don't know if they're bored. I mean, the last couple of weeks, the, the philosophy has been we're not going to give up a big play. We're going to keep the ball in front of us and make them have to execute and see if they can do it. And then their offensive line, for as great as they are at the skill position, you can pressure them. I mean, I think if Green Bay gets to play them in a Super Bowl, I think Green Bay could give them a lot of problems because Green Bay has a quarterback who can match them points, and they have a defense that can set the edge and pressure those tackles and make it a little uncomfortable for Mahomes. Now, look, I don't think it's going to be a 17-14 game like it was yesterday for them beating Atlanta, but if Matt Ryan was a little better yesterday, they could have won that game. Bro, that's been a couple times this year. Where the Chief, and it's like, they're the Chiefs, so you're automatically, ah, they're going to win, they're going to win. And it seems like when Patrick Mahomes needs a play, he's going to Kelsey, by the way. Kelsey is third down, fourth down they need it, it's going to Kelsey. Even though he threw a touchdown to somebody else, it feels like those two are really good. But, man, I, I watch the Chiefs, and I'm starting to think, like, yeah, I get it. You can just turn on this. You can just flip the switch or whatever. But what if you can't one day? Like, what, 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 mm-hmm. what if you, you, like, you know, you're reliant. This is like a three-point shooting team. Every once in a while, a three-point shooting team will have a cold day. And it's like, you think you can just turn it on. But what if you get cold one day and you can't? I'll be, I don't know. I'm, I, I love the Chiefs. Okay, let's not get crazy. I'm a big fan of the way they play. I still think they're awesome. But the way they've been winning games has been very uh, expensive for my bank account. Oh. It's been great for sports books. <laughs> and I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you got to be like, all right, at some point we should just start getting back to what we were doing. Let's talk about getting back to what they were doing. The Steelers in the second half, now granted, the Colts collapsed. The refs handed them some plays, you know what I mean, with pass interferences and holding and everything like that. But it seems like the Steelers learned how to play football again in the second half. They do not have to win this game against the Browns this weekend. Are you resting your Steelers team if you're the GM of the Steelers because of the early bye week and how long this season has been? Or are you going to have them keep it going with how they learned how to play football again in the second half? I think it's just look at the line. The line, I don't know what you have it as. The line's seven and a half. That tells me the Steelers aren't playing their guys. Yeah, the six and a half, and a half over here. Hawks against the Brownies. They're not playing their guys. I, I think this is a Mason Rudolph game. Would you do that? Is that your move if you're GM? Well, if I, I can't improve my position. If I can't, I think I got to get – these guys haven't had a bye all year, Pat. I know, I know, but they, they just remembered how to play football. Literally. Just, I mean, but – Big Ben looks like he could use the bye, and you can't. One thing you know this better than anybody: you can't rest everybody. They only got fifty-three guys. Yeah. So 
guys are going to have to play, but I got I can't let Ben out there. I got to get rest him and get him ready to play whomever we're going to play. And it looks like it could be Cleveland again if they're the seven seed. That happened to us whenever we chose to lose to the Jets. We ended up playing the Jets again in the playoffs, and we all very much understood that if we lost to the Jets after losing to them on purpose, that would be quite a karma kick in the ass if that was oh, to yeah. happen. So we obviously didn't. We were a much different team, I think, than the Steelers are currently. But for me, that week four bye week is a long, long time ago. The three different day of games for that Baltimore week is also exhausting. I understand they're humans and everything, but boy, if I would, I would send them out there for a couple series, like a preseason game, though. You know, I would send them out there for. We did that against the Jets, and we did that against the Bills, week sixteen and week seventeen, uh, the year we went undefeated because there was records and clauses oh, yeah. and, and contracts that had to happen, and. and it, I- you got to do that. Yeah, I agree. I do. What's that, Nick? I have a question. Follow up on the bye week thing, not just physically, but like mentally. How how refreshing is that for guys? Oh, huge. The boys on the sideline without their shoulder pads on in the second half with their shoes on. Oh, I bet you guys would be lo- – give me some uh, 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 peanuts. You know seeds. what I mean? Give me some seeds. There will be some guys maybe sneaking some other things in there on Ooh. the sideline. You know what I mean? Hey, for a second half, got a little gummy here. You know what I mean? That would be – You'll need a tip to Mater D to get near the heaters in Cleveland. I can promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> Locked around there. You're gonna have to have to tip that. You have to tip the guy to come in there. It's like remember in, in, in Goodfellas where they bring the table right up front. That's what you're gonna have to do to get near those heaters. They might bring another. Ben's probably calling in another one. Hey, we need another. I'm gonna be standing on the sideline the whole second half. Let's um let's talk about that Browns team. They lose to the Jets. They are out eight wide receivers and three offensive linemen. Going to be a tough game. They threw the ball 53 times. Would you yeah. have ever expected them to do that? Did you watch that game? I was getting attacked because I didn't watch every snap of that game. But I know if you're throwing it 53 times and you're the Browns, probably not a recipe for success. This is just like the Ravens, who look hot, by the way. The Ravens mm-hmm. look hot. Keep an eye on them. The Ravens last year, remember they went on that run where Lamar Jackson was trying to prove everybody wrong and Greg was having them throw 40, 50 times and they were losing. Then they went back to running and they became the Ravens again. You have Baker throw 53 times. I don't think you're going to win. That's not the way the team set up, especially with eight wide receivers out. Yeah, and I think this is a game where Stefanski really impressed me after the game with his press conference. He said, hey, look, this had nothing to do with us not having receivers. This had everything to do with the Jets front kicking our ass. I mean, we couldn't run the ball. They ran it 15 times and they couldn't run the ball. I mean, Chubb couldn't get it going. And just like you said, this is the, the Browns, the Titans, there are certain teams that have to play their style. When they play outside their style, they're not very good. You know, and we saw it last night with Tennessee. Tennessee can't play from behind, right? The Browns, they can't play from behind because the ball's in Baker's hand. Nobody respects the run when they're playing from behind. And Baker, we, Baker's a good player. He's a system player. And when he removes himself from that system, drop back passes 53 times, you're not getting the same results. Oh, man, I'm, I, I wrote this down last night about can Tannehill win a game by himself? You know, if Derrick Henry isn't getting yards, and even if he is, but you need to score points, can Tannehill do it himself? Then he had that big, long run, and I was like, maybe Tannehill can, but they all are predicated off of Derrick Henry doing his thing, and they're just going to have to keep the. You have to have the lead, and you have to be able to wear out the clock with the Titans, but the Titans got a big win over the Ravens last year in the playoffs. People forget who knows what, uh, who's going to go on a run. Four different teams, or five teams fighting for three spots right now. I mean, it is. The AFC playoff is hot going into Week 17. What do you got, Connor? Hey, by the way, Connor. Uh, tackled A.J. Dillon when A.J. Dillon was a 12-year-old and Connor was an 18-year-old. <laughs> A.J. Dillon tweeted out that he remembers that hit still to this day. He tweeted the game film. And Connor also guessed that Dwayne Haskins was getting cut from the Washington football team. That's why Ian Rappaport had to leave our interview. So Connor is on what we like to call a heater right mm-hmm. now, Mike. Not well, too shabby. 
Yeah, Mike, uh, looking at that AFC picture, do you think the Colts are going to get in or are they going to be on the outside here? Is Connor wearing a Patriots sweater vest? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Just in case they need a linebacker. Yeah, I love it. Thanks. I love it. Well done. Okay, Connor, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, they stink. Okay, it's first time they haven't made the playoffs since 2012. Fucking stink. There's been a lot of things this year. You know, defender's son over there. Yeah, go ahead, Connor. What do we got? (laughs) Yeah. Mike, do you think the Colts are going to get in or are they going to be that team with uh, double-digit wins being outside the playoff picture? It feels like it, dude. I mean, unless unless I, I mean, if Buffalo has nothing to play for, do they play their guys? They should. Baltimore, we know one thing: Baltimore's going to win. Can Miami? You know, first of all, Pat. You know, you talk about pissing off fans. You know, you're, you're not allowed to say certain things about certain Drew Brees's arm. Gump, cover your ears. But if you're not allowed to talk bad about Tua, you're just not allowed to be, talk bad about Tua. You Whoa. can't do that. It's the law. It's against the law. You'll be arrested. You'll you'll put be put in jail, even though he can't throw the ball down the field. Whoa! Three over twenty five yards Whoa. in his. And if they don't bench him last week, they weren't winning that game. That's facts. Oh. Wow! Damn! You need to take it. What are you saying? It's Fitz Magic's team. Well, I think that Tua just doesn't throw the ball down the field. He said, three, you know, I've been saying it on the show. I've been saying it on Hammerdown. I love Gump. I want him to have a guy, but they're going to have the fifth pick in the draft. He, look, let me ask you this question. Gumpy. Arden Minshew as a rookie or Tua or two as a rookie? And then let me ask you this question. Fine. Who's better, Jalen Hurts as a rookie or Tua as a rookie? Both of those questions. Jalen Hurts. Two is better than Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew stinks. Wow. Jeez. Look at the numbers. I know his numbers were decent, but you got Skycam Glennon playing over him. Well, and by the way, also, they were playing the games they were down a lot. I assume a lot of those yards were potentially whenever they were trying to pick back up or whatever. Maybe. I don't know. That's just me reading from the outside, knocking on the analytics and stats and all of that. But the Tua Fitzmagic thing is interesting because I, I said this earlier in the show, Mike. That was one of those moments where I wanted to see if Tua was the guy that could do it. Aaron comes out in that situation. Aaron Rodgers, what do you assume is going to happen? Okay, Aaron's going to drive right down the field and he's going to score. Tom Brady, whenever he was with New England, forever. If they're in that situation, he's going to go out. He's going to go right down the field. He's going to score. Patrick Mahomes, in that situation, he's going to go out. He's going to go right down the field and score. Justin Herbert, I think, has proven that if he has to, he'll be able to go down. I think Joe Burrow is a guy, if they can ever figure out how to put a team around him, even though they won a couple games, he'll be able to. I wanted to see if Tua was going to be that guy, but instead he gets pulled. Fitzmagic comes in and Fitzmagic's like, Yep, still fucking here. Rip my head off. Doesn't matter. That's an interesting. They always say if you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. And I understand winning cures all, but that is not a that is not a long term success thing, right they, there. They said there was no receivers on the field. That's why Tua was struggling, and he threw for ninety three yards. But then the quarterback, they didn't change the receivers. There wasn't a hockey shift. I didn't see that. So that the receivers stayed the same, and he threw for one eighty with the same receivers. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm look. All I'm saying to Seriously. everybody is this: I don't have. I'm not. I don't have a grudge against Tua. Just grade what, grade what you're seeing, grade what you're seeing. He doesn't throw the ball down the field. He doesn't get away from pressure. You know. The, and can we add this to it too? The Raiders' defense might be one of the worst defenses. Oh, wow. Oh, they were buzzing on Saturday. Mike. The boys were buzzing. Oh, they're never buzzing. <laughs> you make any- 
Gump, you're making excuses. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Mike, let's talk about this real quick. There's a there's a mic'd up moment between Fitzmagic and two. I don't know if it was this week or last week. Denver. Denver. Was that last week? Two no, weeks? when he got benched in Denver. So Fitzmagic was basically telling him, like, hey, sometimes whenever you look back and there's one, two, a guy might look covered, but you got to take that shot. Like, it feels like Tua... Much like when Taysom Hill was playing quarterback for the Saints. That one week, he kind of was able to get over it. But in the NFL, guys look covered. They look like they are covered. But that's open in the NFL because of how great athletes are. It feels like some quarterbacks struggle with the transition of letting it fly, whatever it looks like. So it's like safe, right? It's a safe move. You're not going to turn the ball over, but you're not going to be able to move as much either. I think Taysom Hill had that issue whenever he was quarterback for the Saints. You see him like Pat, he'd look, he'd look, and then he would run, and then he'd scamper. And then that one week, I think against Philly, he was just kind of letting it fly. And it was like, oh, he's figured out how to be an NFL quarterback. Two is that same way. He's, I, I feel like he's so scared to turn the ball over that he doesn't let that thing oh are you breaking news is this going to be two are you breaking news right now oh i think i had another radio show to do but go ahead i'm listening Uh, (laughs) is that to his problem you think he's scared to turn the ball over yeah i think he is i think he's so used and i think he just knows he doesn't have a powerful arm he's afraid to put it in there and he wants to throw the ball in the middle of the field all right so do you draft somebody at number five if you're the fins a quarterback mike absolutely draft somebody who do you think who do you think there is to take that I can't answer yet, but here's what I would do. I would grade the quarterbacks in the draft against what I've seen from Tua. Oh, man. Fair enough. If you have two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. That's always been a saying. Dolphins figure out a way to win. Mike, we appreciate you. We'll see you at Hammered Down. Patrick, thanks, guys. I'll talk to you on Hammered Down. Have a good one, Paisan. See you later. Dwayne Haskins has released a statement about his release at DH underscore Simba7. My time with the Washington football team has unfortunately come to an end. I thank the team and fans for the opportunity to play for the team I grew up rooting for. I take full responsibility for not meeting the standards of an NFL quarterback and will become a better man and player because of this experience. Okay, Dwayne. Come on, Dwayne. Obviously, we're not happy that Dwayne Haskins got released from the Washington football team. This is a sad story. The guy had an incredible amount of talent. Something was going on behind the scenes that we don't know about unless we were there. Obviously, it's not great for a man in his second year after being a first-round draft pick to get released after Week 16, a day after he started a game, uh, while a team is still in contention for the playoffs. Uh, so hopefully he'll be able to figure it out. That seems like he's potentially on the right path. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, every Monday we have a segment here, and today we became the number two trend in the United States. Thanks to everybody that follows along and listens and watches this show. Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but it's time right now. Let's do it. Pat, I don't want to overreact, but... A lot of entries today. People were entering yesterday in the middle of games. We appreciate you. Let's get right to them, Foxy, shall we? This is from the rapper Sid. Shout out to Sid. Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but the Cowboys seem to be able to sneak through the back door into the playoffs. Will they win it all? Question mark. Great question. Andy Dalton was slinging the rock. We forgot about all the weapons that they have on offense because, to be honest, they've kind of been absentee for a while. Yesterday, they all got hot. They were scoring. Dalton was slinging it like the red rocket that he is. I'll be excited to see because if the Washington football team loses and the Dallas Cowboys win, the Dallas Cowboys will host a home playoff game. And then once you get into the dance, it doesn't matter how you get there. If you do see do good, fucking keep it moving. Mike McCarthy might win comeback coach of the year Ooh. within the same year. Remember, week six, the entire locker room was talking about how bad the coaching staff was. Now here we are going into week 17 with them having a chance to make it into the playoffs. Now, they don't control it outright. They need somebody else to do something. But it's a lot 
a lot easier to get in for the Cowboys than any of us could have expected about week seven, week eight into this NFL season. And McCarthy figured it out. I mean, if he wants the boys to come out flying, all he's got to do is grab a couple sledgehammers, a few watermelons, bash the hell out of those things, and the boys start scoring. It turns out, by the way, the boys got a chance to grab a sledgehammer and bash watermelons. Watermelons didn't just have water inside of them, by the huh? way. If you do recall, the last time this happened, Mike McCarthy talked to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones said the one funny anecdote from Mike McCarthy was Mike McCarthy didn't realize how much water was in watermelons. Instead, this time, Mike McCarthy had some of the boys smash watermelons like uh, Gallagher, Ooh. and he put candy inside of them like one of them pinatas. Whoa. That's right. Dallas Cowboys had watermelon pinatas in their team meeting the night before. They went out and get a big win. They're now 2-0 and whenever they're bashing watermelons before the game. Something to think about. Are the Dallas Cowboys going to win the Super Bowl? Whoa. I mean, A.J. AJ Hawk called it. <laughs> he said it. Let's get to another one, Foxy. Uh, this is from Dane Hanson, 02. Hashtag Pat. I don't want to overreact, but someone needs to make a statue for that no-look face mask pass from Ryan Fitzmagic. Amen. If the Dolphins go on to win any games here, I assume that would happen. What a fucking moment there. Shout oh. out to Dane for entering. What's the next one, Foxy? Uh, this is from at JRami15, Jordan Ramirez. Alvin Kamara could be the best running back of all time. I mean, obviously you can't title somebody the best running back of all time while they're playing, but if he keeps going, by the time he's done, there's going to be real conversation about what Kamara. Seven, should have had seven touchdowns yep. yesterday, only got six. Should have been in the MVP conversation. Michael Lombardi's been drumming that. He's a weapon. He got paid this year, too. He'll probably get paid again. His balance is unusual. His explosive uh, abilities are just next level. And his vision and calm is just something I don't think you can teach. Kamara's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Route running and catching, too. I mean, obviously, like you said, you can't say while he's still playing. But as far as complete running back goes, I mean, there's really no one better. And I think he was a punt returner at one point, right? Wasn't he a returner at some point, too? When he first came in, I'm pretty sure he was. I assume he could be if he wanted to. He's unbelievable to watch. Fun to watch. And his celebration of the five thing is a great oh, yeah. gift. That's going to be used a lot. The six one, obviously, tough to count because you only got five fingers on one hand. Should have had seven, though. Taysom Hill stole one from him. Uh, was it Sean Payton or was it Alvin Kamara? Oh. Or, I mean, was it Taysom Hill? Uh, neither here nor there. What's the next one, Foxy? Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but says Benny Butts at Benji Taylor one NXT did the right thing to can you on Xmas. They're tired of cleaning spray tan off the whoa, canvas. Get some sun, whoa, sun. Whoa. Take it easy, Benny. Hey, Benny Butts. Get off my ass, dude. And I try to get some sun, sun. But Indiana doesn't have any for like five, six months. What do you want from me? This guy doesn't know. Yeah, I'm super Caucasian. I become red easily. I have a tan bed in my house, but I got third-degree burns from the first time I laid on them. My entire body looked like a goddamn zebra for six months. I can't use it, so I use the spray tan. It's not your fault. My first match, NXT TakeOver 30 against Adam Cole, where I made some rookie mistakes, where I should have been an undefeated wrestler after that match. I made a couple. Maybe I got too dark of a spray tan, okay? I didn't go to my spray tan machine. I went to another one down in Florida. And maybe that one was cooked a little bit too much. And maybe when I was sweating, it was falling off my nose onto the canvas. Maybe everything that guy is saying is close to accurate. But that doesn't mean I should have to read on the internet all day Christmas that NXT has just ripped me off the television for the rest of my life. Come on. Hey, fuck you, Benny Butts. All right. What's the next one, Foxy? Uh, Chris Syke at Sea Dog is Real. We'll be the judge of that, Sea Dog. Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but one, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football. Okay. Two, the Packers running back room is the best in football. Okay. Uh, Colts would argue with that. I think the Colts with uh, Naeem Hines, Jonathan Taylor, Wilkins, I believe, is yeah. in there. They have a great running back. There's a bunch of stables. and some. I mean, the Buccaneers have a stable back there as well. Saints. Uh, Saints. 
Alvin Kamara. Latavius Mar- Latavius oh yeah, Murray. he's really good. Yeah, there's Miller you could probably throw in there too. There's a really good. So so there's definitely up there, but I mean with AJ Dillon, a man who once got tackled by Connor Campbell with his comeback story, maybe that's a Rudy like story. If you get tackled by that guy and then you have that night on primetime football, yeah. that is a motivational story for sure. But I like that. Devontae is the best wide receiver in football. I think that's a conversation sure. that's happening currently. Aaron Rodgers once said that Charles Woodson was the best football player he's ever seen or played with. And he said it's about time Devontae Adams starts sneaking into that conversation alongside him. Massive praise for Devontae. The Packers are going to the Super Bowl. Also, the Foxy curse is broke. Oh. Okay, a lot of people have not – we have not talked about this yet. Foxy experienced his first win as a diehard Steelers fan. Yeah, there go. Woo. Yeah, that curse never existed, Pat. I will say, though – You stopped watching the game at halftime, and the Steelers played football in the second half. Just as a if coincidence, they were, all right? I had to leave. I watched that first half, and I'm like, this is the same old stinky Steelers. I can't take it anymore. And then I did leave from Michigan to come back to Indianapolis. They just so happened to come back. But, uh, you know, I think I'm done being a Steelers fan. What? I'm I'm done being a Steelers fan. Why? Get the um, hell out. I didn't get any thank yous for potentially motivating the team to a win this this last game. Wow. I also didn't get uh, any thank yous for not giving up on the team because that team stunk when I was watching. Uh, Yeah, they did. And also, I haven't got any thank yous for uh, talking about the Steelers on a worldwide show like this one. No, regional. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just done with the, all the Steelers fans. They didn't welcome me with open arms. There was actually a block party yesterday, was there not? And bingo, they all blocked me on Twitter because <laughs> of at home digs. So I just didn't like how they treated me. They're supposed to be the best fans in sports. Done with that team. I said, well, that's wow. a, that's big news, by the way. Yeah, Huge. You so decided over. to leave them once they learned how to play football again. Aggressive decision by the guy who's been a fan of the Lions his whole life. Feels like that is potentially your fault. Nobody else's because the Steelers <laughs> could get hot again. But I sent Foxy a couple tweets from the hashtag Pat. I don't want to overreact, you know. And he said, I can't read that because the guy blocked me. And I was like, why is everybody blocked you? All of Pittsburgh had a block party on Evan Foxy last night. Nobody knows he exists on Twitter anymore in Pittsburgh. Dig said he still blocks me. Until the Steelers lose in the playoffs, I will be blocked forever, so I won't be able to see Tone's tweets. That's awesome. Nick. You, it felt good to get that skinny stooge monkey off the team's back. Yeah, he was obviously this dragging everybody down. Oh, this is the problem. On, How about a thank you, Nick? How about City of Pittsburgh? Thank me. Otherwise, you probably don't win that game yet. Oh, okay. Can, right. we get, can we get one last here we go, right. Foxy, for old times? Here, here we go. Steelers, here we go. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. boy, Foxy. Thank you. What's the next one here? Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but the Baltimore Ravens are super hot, and Mar Jackson might get a few playoff wins the way they are playing. That's from Awkward Esteban, Awkward D. Esteban. Uh, you're not awkward, pal. It's only awkward if you make it awkward. Remember that. It doesn't matter what happens. If you make it awkward, it is awkward. If you act like nothing happened, that's how everybody else is going to have to act. Now, once you get put in your place and say that you should be uncomfortable, then it's time to leave. All right? That's just how you do. You get the hell out of there and say, you're right. This should be awkward, but I don't want to be a part of it. I'm going to get out of here. You're only, it's only awkward if you make it awkward. Uh, that was was a lesson taught to me by an old bull one day and it's something I would never ever ever forget and by the way the situation we were in should have been very awkward but he and I just acted like it wasn't awkward huh. and it wasn't at all now was everybody else talking about how awkward it was that we were there probably but did we care Nope, because we made it unawkward. So DS Bond may be something to think about. With the Baltimore Ravens, they do look like the team that they were last year. And maybe they're heating up at the right time. That was a team, if you remember, not too long ago, they weren't allowed to be around each other for like two, three weeks because old 19 got in the locker room and run rampant on the boys. Then the Tennessee Titans threatened to fight them, and only Harbaugh went out there to fight. Now the team seems to like each other again. They seem to be having a good time. Lamar Jackson's moving and grooving. The Giants stink for sure, but the Ravens...
Ravens were in control of that game the entire time, just like they were against the Browns when they came back and won that game. I mean, I am... I'm pumped about the Ravens. Yeah. They're a fun team to watch. Do wonder if it's going to get awkward when they don't want to pay Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So, it's only awkward if you make it awkward. Lamar, Remember that. Lamar Jackson in the playoffs as well. Not great, but you can always turn that right around, uh-huh. just like the Foxy Curse. Can't thank you enough for listening to the show today. Thanks to all the guests. Thanks to the boys. Thanks for the moments we had today. You know, the moments. Ty, who is currently in Massachusetts with his future in-laws. I uh, hope life is good up there, pal. Okay? Hope you're, uh, you're battling your colitis well. Hope you're being healthy up there. Hope you're socially distancing like this office has. And I would like you to play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Monday night football between the Pats and the Bills, where the Bills win by two scores. What? Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music. We'll be back tomorrow with Aaron Rodgers Tuesday after what might have been his best performance yet and definitely won him an MVP. The NFL MVP joins us tomorrow. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Cheers.